Hello and welcome back to the brand new year for the Church of Jesus Christ study session with Come Follow Me. I'm your host Matthew Roberts and yes you may have recognised that we've had just over a week or so of no episodes. Uh, we obviously reached about Christmas Eve um, with the last episode we had on the podcast and I told you about uh, how my son had been ill in hospital and how he had the flu. Well, my daughter caught it and I caught it and uh, we were particularly bad with it, particularly myself, a number of days uh, was not feeling good at all uh, and so didn't record any episodes and then we were trying to make the most of the uh, the days which we actually had together where we weren't ill uh, over Christmas uh, and so it's just been a bit of a mess really uh, over the last uh, few weeks so I didn't do any recording of uh, what I studied. It was also the focus of we are responsible for, for our own learning which I felt it was, you know, something which I didn't need to necessarily cover on this podcast. But we'd start uh, afresh uh, today, uh, being Tuesday, uh, the 3rd of January, uh, and begin our study of this week's Come Follow Me materials in the New Testament. So let's dive in. Um, one of the things that we study uh, in this week's materials is who Matthew and Luke were. I, I'm going to save that uh, for next Monday's episode because I want to do a, a complete focus on the four gospel writers and their focuses um, in a separate episode. But you'll notice that with Matthew and Luke, just very briefly, Matthew is more focused toward the Jewish people uh, and kind of not proving, but giving the evidences which show that Jesus Christ was the awaited Messiah that they were waiting for. <coughs> um, particularly pointing toward the prophecies that were fulfilled in his life. Uh, so you'll see a focus in Matthew on that. And then Luke is a Gentile who was focused on testifying of Christ to both the Gentiles and the Jews, focusing on more accounts on people who are perhaps outcasts or not included uh, in um, the Jewish traditional view of who witnesses should be, such as women and older individuals. Uh, and so well, we'll see that as we go into these uh, these studies over the next number of weeks with Matthew and Luke. So first of all, let's begin where it all begins in Matthew chapter 1, uh, verse 1. And what's interesting here is it says the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And it goes into this genealogy uh, of 14 steps between um, Abraham and um, David and then between David to um, the carrying away of Babylon into Christ uh, were 14. Uh, David to the carrying away of Babylon to into, into Babylon was 14 generations and then from the carrying away of Babylon to Christ was 14 generations there's a specific reason why Matthew does this and as I mentioned uh, it was to focus toward a explanation to the Jewish people why Christ was the Messiah this this 14 number um, being picked out as important uh, of these generations between Abraham today uh, Abraham uh, to David, David to capture of Babylon from ba capture of Babylon to Christ, being fourteen generations between each, um, and then he moves into the uh, explanation of how the birth of Christ happened. Now I'm going to kind of straddle both the Matthew accounts and Luke accounts for this because there is uh, some specific things here that I want to pick out, uh, and then we'll jump back in time uh, to Zachariah, Zachariah and um, Elizabeth. Zacharias and Elizabeth after because we'll, we'll follow it kind of how the come follow me materials set it out so you know presuming that uh, we, we know about what's happened with Zacharias and Elizabeth already uh, let's focus on how Christ was born of a mortal mother and an immortal father 
and how this teaches us uh, about the importance and divinity of Christ. So in Matthew, um, we know about how the birth of Christ uh, was brought about with Mary, who was espoused to Joseph. Espoused, of course, meaning um, betrothed to or, or was um, promised to marry Joseph. And in terms of our culture today, that, that would be similar to an engagement. But of course, in our culture, I think an engagement is not quite as binding as what an espousal or betrothal was uh, in, in, in the days of Christ. Notice here that there's not much focus on Mary uh, in the Matthew account, only mentioned that she was espoused to Joseph and then she was found with child with the Holy Ghost. No mention of the visits of the angel uh, to Mary in this account, but rather the focus is on Joseph. In verse 19, it says, Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. So the the point here is, is that there was a couple of choices Joseph had once he found that Mary was with child that wasn't his. Uh, he could make a public example of her. Uh, and, of course, in the past, the, the law of Moses um, suggested stoning uh, and the death penalty. But this was something that wasn't done so much anymore uh, after this point but uh, at this point in their culture uh, but one thing that was done fairly often was to do to was to do this publicly to make an example of mary and to make sure that joseph's name was uh, not besmirched by this um you know this big um thing that had happened but joseph uh, did not care for that he was more compassionate he was more uh, full of meek i guess and humble and wanted mary to be looked after uh, even though he wasn't sure exactly uh, why or how this had happened. So what he did or what he decided to do was to put her away pri privily, meaning that there was a possibility that people might talk about why, you know, they weren't betrothed or espoused anymore, that perhaps people may point toward Joseph and wonder if something was, you know, uh, at fault on his side. But he was he would rather do that and not shame Mary in public uh, than to do than to do that uh, publicly. So. We learn, we learn a lot about Joseph's character uh, in this moment. But then, of course, he has a, a dream or a vision where he sees an, sees an angel. <clears throat> it doesn't mention the name of the angel in this uh, account, but we know it to be Gabriel. Uh, and he is told that uh, he this son was conceived of the Holy Ghost to not put Mary away uh, from being his wife, but to um, still marry her. And this child should be named Jesus. Um, again, uh, in verse 22, remembering the focus of Matthew about the, the Jewish fulfillments of these prophecies and things. Now, all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which is spoken by the Lord, by the prophets, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel. So this is a, a reference, if you remember, to Isaiah chapter nine, um, where sorry, Isaiah chapter seven, verse 14 where the uh, there is a fulfillment of that prophecy that was given. Of course, there was a fulfillment, as you spoke about, with Isaiah. And it's quite nice that we get to uh, look at these Old Testament prophecies and see how they were fulfilled with Christ. But also there was multiple fulfillments, as is the nature of these Old Testament prophecies, where Isaiah had his son uh, with uh, with the, the prophetess, as, it, um, as we studied uh, when we looked in Isaiah. But also this pointing toward... Uh, the miraculous birth of the saviour um, so joseph uh, did as the angel says um, and they were to, they were together when jesus was born 
But if we go into the Luke accounts in Luke chapter 1, uh, we have a bit more detail this time. And as I mentioned, the Luke account is more focused on perhaps the outcasts or those that were not deemed as uh, necessarily to be witnesses in the eyes of the Jews, but perhaps in the eyes of the world they would. And that is um, with Mary. So we know that uh, Mary is visited by <coughs> the angel Gabriel uh, to Mary in Luke chapter 1. And in verse 28 it says, Hail, thou that, that art highly favoured, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. Um, Richard J. Maine said this, quote, Mary was hand-chosen by God to be the mother of Jesus Christ. Of, out of all the women in the world, Heavenly Father chose a common woman who lived in the little town of Nazareth. She was not a woman of great wealth or stature, but she possessed the attributes of holiness, obedience, humility, and great faith. Mary teaches us the importance of trusting in the Lord. Her faith in God was tested when an angel of the Lord informed her that she would miraculously give birth to the Saviour. Mary came to understand her true nature and willingly submitted to her unique maternal role. Close quote. Mary is an incredible example. And in a moment, uh, well, in a, in a moment, tomorrow, we'll continue this study and look at Mary's actual interaction with the angel and just see what this shows about her character um, when we reflect on this. And we see how Mary and Joseph, both of them are excellent examples of humility, meekness and obedience uh, to the Lord. And so we'll uh, we'll have a look at Mary's response tomorrow and compare that with uh, Zacharias's response to the angel um, when he was told that his wife would conceive and bear John, John, <coughs> John as a son. So thank you very much for studying with us today, this brand new year of study ahead of us. Very excited to dive into the New Testament. Uh, please do join us uh, tomorrow uh, for our bite-sized episode as always. And until we meet again. <laughs>